Welcome to Cardiology, everybody. I'm your host, Mark Judy, and we are here once again to wallow in the results of the latest Brown's travesty. Um, so as a group here, we're going to talk through what happened, what we saw in this Miami game, um, really try to see if we can piece together any positives that came out of the game and, and kind of try to put this one to bed. Um, joining me for this week's um, tearful get-together sure. is our good friend, Chris Burdett. How are you doing, Chris? Um, I'm okay. Uh, Sunday was not fun. Um, that was an incredibly disappointing loss. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, I, mean, it, I mean, after the first drive where we scored, or early in the game when we scored, we, we were listless. We were lifeless. We did nothing. Um, mm. They owned us from that point forward. It, it was a terrible game. Maybe the worst game we've played this year, especially when you consider it was coming off that big wing. And they had a bye week to prep for it and came out that flat. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it's hard to compare. At this point, there's these losses, you know, it's hard to compare which one's worse, right? Is this, is this worse than how we showed up in San, uh, San Diego or is it worse than you know, the New England Belichick. drubbing. Right. Um, but, but yeah, the one point you make is incredibly valid. This is coming off a of bye week. Um, <laughs> so the fact that we just had, it, it, it was as if that whole energy switch that we talked about, um, you know, right before the bye and how we were so excited, how much energy was going around in the field. It's like that switch just suddenly got switched back off. And as if, all these guys were doing the exact same things that they were doing before. Um, so it, it was really challenging. It was really challenging. And I think that, um, you know, for those, those who may not uh, have paid attention, maybe you found a better way to spend your Sunday. We, <laughs> we should probably recap that the, the Browns lost to the Miami Dolphins 39 to 17. Um, uh-huh. You know, this was a, this was a little bit of a tale of two halves and also uh, a tale of some lost opportunities. I think um, in the first half um, there was, there was some good play happening uh, seven, seven to seven coming out of the first quarter. Um, now what we did have was we had a series that was a little bit challenging um, and some things that we hadn't seen in a long time. Um, you know, we, we started the game with a drive, quick drive all the way down the field for a touchdown, um, which was fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. That's really what, uh, you know, we talked about needed to happen, that we needed to get out ahead in order to play our kind of football. Um, now, the defense then was not able to stop Miami in their first drive, and they went ahead and tied it up. But in that next drive for the Browns, we had something we haven't seen in ages, um, and that was a fumble um, by Nick Chubb. Um, so we had a fumble, um, really tough uh, position. We were at we were at the Miami twenty nine. We were making our way in, um, but Miami got it back, and this time the defense did stand up, and they did hold for a field goal, um, which was very positive at the time for where we were in the process. Um, But then 
we had a series of of missed opportunities. We held Miami on their next their next possession. We held them out on downs. Um, got them to turn it over. It looked like right. they were driving right before the half for another touchdown. Um, it and we held them and we got the ball back. But you know, inexplicably, in that drive right after that, we we end up only burning off forty six seconds off the clock and punting the ball. And with that, Miami goes ahead and they get that second opportunity to get that touchdown before half. And so we're going in at halftime down 17 or down 17 to seven. Um, and Miami with the ball right. um, to start to start the second half. Um, and then, you know, the what you could kind of write the script you knew was going to happen. They came out. Their first drive, they score a touchdown again. So now you are down three scores um, right at the beginning of the second half. And so all of those strategies and all the things we talk about, how many times is Nick Chubb going to get to carry the ball? You know, we want him to run, 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 run. Well, you know what? When you're down three scores, that can't happen. You, you right. got you, you to gotta try to start scoring. And we did try – Got another, you know, another field goal, another touchdown um, on the books, but just were not able to stop a cold. Um, you know, this Miami team who was, again, you know, stop me if you've heard this one before, you know, a team that did not run the ball well <laughs> right. prior to playing the Browns um, went ahead and put up 195 yards rushing on us. Um, with a with a lead back putting 119 and a touchdown, that being Jeff Wilson. Um, and then they scored one of their other touchdowns on the ground with Raheem Mozart. But I mean they were and they were waltzing it. I mean, it was terrible. Yes. yes. Uh, and and the, here's the other thing to wrap your head around. You realize we have lost five of our last six games. Right. And on top of that. Cincinnati did, chose not to run the ball much. If Cincinnati would have stuck to the run, and I know we got up out ahead of them, right? So they had to do the same. They, could, they couldn't run. But if they could have stuck to the run, and we can't stop the run, there's a good chance we would have lost the Cincinnati game. Um, you know, it's like I feel like when I go to the grocery store tomorrow, I'm going to see Miles Garrett on a milk cart because I didn't see him. Now, and I'm not blaming him. So I'm not sure if it's a Joe Woods problem or if it's a personnel problem, but one indicator to me is if they have the ability to double and triple team Miles to take him out of the game, which I think is kind of what happened, it means there are other players they don't have to dedicate that type of personnel to. Right. So it might be a personnel. Um, but, yeah. And um, the, the other thing I want to bring up, too, and I want to get your opinion on this, I have yet to see a halftime adjustment out of our team this year. I mean, sir, I mean, you know, you always talk about you go in at halftime and you make adjustments. I, I and I'm talking offense and defense. I cuz I don't know, did you see any halftime adjustments that got implemented in the second half of this game? Well, I don't know about so I don't know that I necessarily agree on offense. Um only because you know, the way the defense has been playing, you put you you're putting the offense in a hole. There's simply nothing that you can do when you're down by three scores. You can't afford to do ball control 
running the ball and, and changing up that process. And I think that, so I, I would agree about the defense. I feel like when the defense shows up and they stink, well, then that's it. They're just going to stink. And mm-hmm. if they show up and they're playing well, well, you know, maybe it's just a matter of time before a big play, or maybe we get lucky and we get one or two games where they're actually playing strong. So I, I do, I would 100% agree that when it comes to defensive adjustments, they're not happening. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I read and, and, and heard from some other people was the, the concept that Miles never moves around. We never hmm. line him up in different positions. We never have him, you know, running from the weak side. We never have him uh, coming in from a defensive tackle position or maybe backing him up with a full uh, running start from a linebacker position, anything like that, which is something that most elite pass rushers in the NFL do. They move around. Um, so again, leads me to believe, do we just have too many one trick ponies on, on that defensive line? I mean, and I'll keep hammering it over and over and over again. That defensive line stinks. Yeah, they, they just completely stink. And there's no reason why they should be getting mauled game after game after game. Um, and so, you know, I'd have to go back and look. We talked a lot after the Cincinnati game about how creative the defense had looked. And it looked like we were really getting pressure. I'll have to look if in that game we did a little bit more of moving some personnel around. I know that we lined some of our backup defensive ends in as defensive tackles at different times. Um, but I'll really have to look closely at that tape. But um, we, I, and, I, and I think the two are hand, go hand in hand. I think you make two really good points. You know, I, I think what you're talking about is Miles being the robber, where they keep moving him around. And because it's not predictable where he's going to be, it puts the offensive line and their strategy back on their heels and allows the rest of our defense to play better. I, I think I, I think they're absolutely intertwined. You know, and again, I'm not blaming Miles. I think this does get back to Joe Woods. Yeah, no, I do. I I think it's back to that. I I do think it's a personnel issue under underlying it. I I would agree with you though. There's got to be some adjustments that can be made. There's got to be something yeah. that you can try differently. Um, but I do think that there's a personnel issue. I think that um, this front office and this team thought that they had a group of young defensive tackles who are about to make, you know, step up from mm-hmm. being rookies, sophomores, and and get in there and and actually start contributing as at least solid role players. And the reality is none of them are doing that. No. Um, and so since none of them are making a name for themselves, I think what's happening is I, I don't know that Joe Woods can afford to move miles around or afford to move Clowney around because he needs them. He needs mm-hmm. some kind of pass rush, but, but at the same token, it's then shooting ourselves in the foot because we're predictable and you're, you're allowing substandard offensive lines to look like pro bowlers because they never have to adjust themselves. Um, so it is, it is extremely extremely challenging you know i i do think in, and going back again to the to the offense question i i would say the other thing that that i think 
we forget or or we haven't kept in mind is that Jacoby Brissett, as solid as he's been, mm-hmm. is not a come from behind gunslinger. No doubt. Never been, never gonna be. And I'll be the first um, one to say he has he has far outplayed what what I thought he was gonna be this year. Sure. I, I, sure. He, he really has. Yeah, I think I think so too. You're but, right. but he has actual he has limitations to his game. Sure. And the few times now, granted, I think they were in in you know uh, crunch times in desperation moves. The few times he's been asked to kind of take the team on his shoulders and and, and try to get it. central, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a, been a failure. Yep. So I think some of that concept of what kind of halftime adjustments are you going to make has has a little bit to do with my quarterback is my quarterback. He can he does well certain things that I ask him to do. And there are other things that he does not do well. And on when you put me, you know, three scores down, you know, I need to get as much as I can out of him, but I can't really make like dynamic shifts in the offense because that's not who he is. Um, he gives us everything he can when he's in there. Like, you know, he, he had a couple of scrambles for some first downs. He's, he, you know, he didn't turn the ball over. Um, right. You know, it, you know, he didn't have the yards and, and he wasn't as accurate as he's been the last couple of weeks. But, but still, you know, this wasn't his, this wasn't his loss. Um, no, it was, I agree. You know, and, and I don't know. Um, I mean, again, you the, the Browns scored 17 or excuse me, seven points in the first half, 10 in the second half. Um, you know, that wasn't going to get it done against a team like Miami, who has been winning shootouts all year long. Um, so, you know, yes, I, I just think they got painted in a corner on offense. Um, probably a little bit of that predictability that we were talking about, probably mm-hmm. some- you know, you, you got to be throwing, you got to, got to make things happen. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it was, it was, it was hard to watch. Um, yeah, it was, you no, know, it wasn't, I'll be honest. It wasn't as bad as I, I don't think it was as bad as new England because to me, new England was just like, you were, you were the JV team and, and they were the pros. I, um, I agree. It was, that was a meltdown. But, but this, but this one, I mean, this harkened back. This, this really reminded me of the San Diego game. It really reminded me of, hey, they're not supposed to be able to run the ball well, and here they are running all over us. And what, what's going on with that? Why is that happening? Um, you know, and did we hold their their receivers? Well, depends on how you, the, your perspective, right? So you might look through and you say, hey, you know what? Tyree Kill, you know, he had five receptions, 44 yards and a touchdown. Okay, well, you know, all things considered for Tyree Kill outing, yeah, he probably did okay. Right. Jalen Waddell had four receptions for 66 yards. Okay, not bad. All right. But then you've got other receivers like, who the heck is Trent Sherfield? <laughs> right. And Alec Ingold, that they combined for 108 yards receiving and two touchdowns. 
And so obviously we, we had another situation where this defense seems to be able to focus on one thing and one thing only. And when they can't get that, when they're asked to do something else in the midst of that, it all goes to hell. Yeah, it's, I totally agree. It's, uh, uh, it, it's the whole one-trick pony aspect of it. It's the, uh, they focus on the big things, but let all the little things get it. You know, to your point, they hold the other two receivers, the big names, but these other two guys walk all over you. And in the second half, I'm sorry, uh, the, they were basically walking in the end zone by the third, fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was, it was atrocious. Um, so, and I don't know what the answer is, but I think we're very, dis- very quickly discovering what the answer is not. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, absolutely. You know, and, and one of my key takeaways from this game, aside from some of the things that we've already been talking about is I'm going to go back to what I said, um, you know, back before the Cincinnati game, when I said that if, if we were going to lose that Cincinnati game going into the bye week, that we were either going to make changes on this team or you were going to see exactly what the front office was expecting for the year. So I, I am still in this camp of we, we mortgaged this year for next year. Um, And that is an incredibly risky play. Um, may continue to keep blowing up in our faces, but I think with the front office, with their, with their lack of movement, um, the, the coaching staff with, you know, no turnover, no, nobody getting fired, no changes. I think what they're showing you is, you know what, we had a ceiling that we were trying to reach without Deshaun Watson on the field. We were trying to turn over a team that was either knocking on the door or just slightly in the playoff hunt to him. And what we're seeing is we're not reaching that ceiling. We're closer to the floor. And so, you know, I, I just wonder, I wonder if this, if this entire organization basically said, yeah, you know what? We do have to waste a year of Nick Chubb. We do have to waste a year of Miles Garrett because we don't have a quarterback. And we haven't had a quarterback in forever. And, you know, we're going to push all our chips in to get one. Um, You know, and I just, I just don't feel, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, is Stefanski on the hot seat? Is Andrew Barry on the hot seat? I don't think they are. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think these decisions are being made in a vacuum. I don't think. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think the other part of that, too, is, I mean, they took the biggest gamble they actually took was they knew Watson was going to be suspended. The gamble was how long? Right. Was it going to be four games, seven games the whole year? And so they had to, at least in the back of, my, back of their minds, be prepared for this might be a throwaway season, right? Uh, oh, yeah. It was the, if, it was the, if it was the entire year, it would have been a throwaway season. Had it been four games, I don't know. Maybe we would look better now. Yeah, you know, it's uh, when there were winnable games in there. But the other part of this is, you know, going into the season, and we've talked about it, you would have never said that the defense is going to be the biggest part of the problem. Right. Um, and, and, and I'm not saying Watson fixes that. 
I do say maybe he brings a spark. Maybe he gives you an off offense to cover for more of that. So they're not on the field all day. Maybe. I don't know. We we'll never know. We're, we're going to see a glimpse in a couple of weeks. Right. Right. No, I, you know, I would say I, as I watched the game um, and I was thinking about what, if anything, does Watson bring to the table to help with this process? I think one of the, the, things that I just see is some of these opportunities, these long passes um, that Jacoby is completing, um, but he is not putting it in a place where a receiver can keep running. Like one of the early ones to uh, Peoples Jones, where he yes. made the reception, but it was a wobbler big time. Exactly. Um, that's one That's one I'm thinking about uh, there. One, one that was um, a pass that he made that if he puts it on, if he puts it on the receiver's hands, he's walking into the end zone. Right. And then, yes, there was another reception by Peoples Jones where he basically came back and he saved it. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, we, that's where I would expect to see something different out of Watson. You know, it, if, if you were going to ask me what the floor was going to be with Watson back there, it would be that I would expect more balls to be on receivers' hands. Um, now, does that, like you said, does that equate to wins and overcoming what's going on in the defense? I I don't see how it could, um, unless you're just going to get into wide open shootouts with with every team, and it just doesn't seem like we're built. Uh, you know, I'd be surprised oh. if we suddenly became that team with just the quarterback change. The, the other factor in this, too, is you don't know what the mindset of the guys in the locker room is. You know, are they sitting back going, is he here yet? Is he here yet? Is he here yet? You know, have, have they lost faith right. in what they currently have? And they're waiting, holding their breath, going, okay, once he comes in, we'll, ha we'll have belief. I don't know. But well, that could be the case. Well, I mean, I heard John Johnson interviewed just this week, and he says things like, well, it's time for us to look in the mirror and and we're we're we've almost run out of time. I'm sorry, John. But <laughs> late. Yeah, you you the that that ship sailed. Like right. I don't I don't know what you're thinking. Yeah, you need to look in the mirror and think about whether or not you're going to get paid next year. But right. you know the idea the idea that there is really a path to the playoffs is silly. Um, sure, we're all going to be optimists. You know, we wouldn't be fans if we weren't optimists, but you really got to look at it as, um, you know, you're already, um, you're already three and six. Um, all of the top teams um, have at least four to five wins, only four to five losses um, and more wins than you. And one of the big things is this, this AFC East, if, if the playoffs happened today, all of the AFC East would make the playoffs, all four right. teams. And so you're battling that, and you're and so you're you just gave a tiebreaker to Miami by losing. Right. Um, so when you're talking about wild card positions, you gave it to them. You're going to go in now. Um, you know we're we're going to talk. Um, we're not going to spend a lot of time on it to, today, but in our next episode, you know, we're going to talk about this Buffalo game that's coming up. That's another team that's in the East. And in general, if you're winning your division, doesn't matter as much. But if you 
are looking to get in as a wild card, these are tiebreaker games that you are leaving on the table um, and making oh, it even I, harder. I, I, I don't think we have any path through the wild card. I think our only hope and prayer, and we've not had to do this before, sadly, is, A, we need a lot of help, and B, it's going to be the division. Um, and and luckily, we have two wins in the, in the division, but that being said, we're tied for last with Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. You know, so, I mean, we need a lot of help. Um, and, and which is, which is never what, where you want to be, you know, to not be in control. So, so Watson comes in, he, he plays great, but everybody else continues to win mainly the Baltimore, right? It doesn't matter. So, no, you know, I agree. well, you know what, we, we've talked a little bit back and forth. Some of the key observations we have here, let's go ahead um, and hear a word from our sponsor here. And when we come back, uh, we're going to try to pull a little bit of the positives out of this game. We're going to work really hard at it um, <laughs> and see we'll what we can piece together and, and what might be something that helps with some momentum towards Buffalo. So um, we will see you on the other side of this quick commercial break. Hey everybody, it's Mark from the Cardiology Podcast, and I have an important question for you. Does your garage make you happy? If your life is anything like mine, the space in your garage just goes to waste because of overwhelming and embarrassing clutter. I mean, with all the tools, the toys, the bikes, the equipment, and whenever you open that garage door, that mess just hits you right in the gut. But it doesn't have to be that way. The team at CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More wants to help you take advantage of every inch of space your garage has to offer with their full turnkey design and installation services for garage cabinets, flooring, and other storage solutions. But don't be confused. The solutions they provide are not the cookie cutter racks and plastic bins you find at all the big box stores. From showroom quality garage flooring to durable powder-coated wood garage cabinets, CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More has everything you need to turn your garage into the organized space of your dreams and have every one of your neighbors green with envy. So if you're tired of the mess and ready to bring the garage of your dreams into your everyday reality, you owe it to yourself and your family to check out all of the fantastic solutions CBs has to offer. You can contact Chris Burdett and his team today by heading to their website at www.cbscustomgarageinteriors.com or you can give them a call at 330-542-8416. On the site, you can request a free garage makeover guide packed with all kinds of great ideas and solutions that'll spark your imagination and help you visualize all of the potential your garage has to offer. It's time to feel the joy of a garage that meets all of your functional needs and looks fantastic too. Please let Chris help you make your dreams a reality today. Call him at 330-542-8416 or check him out online at www.cbscustomgarageinteriors.com and let Chris help you love your garage again. Welcome back to Cardiology, everybody. So we've talked about the downsides, which are plenty, of oh, this yeah. latest 
setback for the Cleveland Browns. But now let's let's try to look at this in maybe a little bit better light and try to see if we can piece together um, some positives that we saw in this game. You know, I usually have my co-host go first, but I feel like it it that would not be super fair. I feel like I gotta make this stretch to I, I gotta be a team player. That is very it. kind of you. Thank I, you. I think I need to take this first. <laughs> uh, I'm going to call out the continued play of Donovan Peoples Jones. Ah. <laughs> I, I think that I have seen a I, I've seen a lot out of him. Um and I think He's probably shown that he is a solid option as your number two receiver once everything shakes out. Um, you know, he had 99 yards in this game. Um, like I said, he he got open. Um, he also uh, made some catches to save um, both his quarterback and some drives. Um, so I really thought that he stepped up. Um, Amari Cooper was getting covered um, pretty tightly. Um, and I feel like he at least was getting us some yards and some catches. So I'm going to go with DPJ in this one. So you're giving, you're giving him your game ball. He gets the game ball. Yeah, I think, I I think it's gotta be him. I, you know, I think that as I look at the rest of this, um, yes, I mean, Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb, right? Um, but, but Nick Chubb didn't have his best game. Um, you know, aside from one 33 yard run, um, he only had 30 yards on 10 carries. Um, and so, and he had to fumble. Uh, so, so yes, I think if you're just flat out going completely just by stats, I mean, Nick, it's Nick Chubb, right. But, but I, I just think that I saw, Donovan Peoples-Jones is giving us some consistency that we haven't seen. And it's kind of what what we were hoping for. You know, when we talk about the defensive line, we talk about, hey, you know, these second, third-year players, we want to see them step up. We're seeing Donovan Peoples-Jones stepping into a role. Now, what that role is going to be, whether he's going to be a full-bore number two receiver, which I think is is essentially where it is, you know, that, that'll remain to be seen as the other pieces fall into place. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, at least somebody is developing in, in this mass of uh, disappointment. Okay. Very good. That's, uh, and I agree with you on APJ. He's really, he's, he, consistency is the main thing there. He's really yep. good for sure. Yes, that's, we've seen a lot of that. What about you, sir? What, what, what did you see? Well, I have to tell you, I've, I have two game balls to give out. Okay. Um, One game ball goes to you, Mr. Mark Judy, because the folks out there listening don't realize how dedicated you are to this and uh, to making sure we have all the important information the right way. So you suggested to me that you and I go out to a bar and watch the game, which was fantastic because we we actually went to the Hooli House in Montrose, by the way. That was great. And it was so nice for me because we got to watch the game together and talk about it. And also in the third quarter, I wasn't in the fetal position in front of my couch like I normally am after a game like this and crying terribly. So it was it was really great to get out with you. Uh, so you get a game ball 
And Asia, like the continent, our bartender also gets a game ball because she certainly made watching the game a lot more tolerable, shall we say. Oh, so, yes, yes, so that was my highlight of my Sunday. So thank you, sir. <laughs> well, well, we will call that a fairly self-serving um, proposition to get to get some, <laughs> to get someone to go out and watch the game with me out at the bars. I know, you know, for oh, things we for do those, for those <laughs> listening, you know, I don't talk about it a lot, but um, this is a full house that I live in. Uh, we have, we have four children running around here. And so the last few weeks I have not either not been able to leave the house because I've needed to be here watching the kids or one or the other kid has had um some kind of extracurricular on Sunday that has forced me to be super creative in how I watch the games. Um, so had the opportunity to finally be able to get out and, and I'm glad you could come with me, Chris, and we could get a chance to just kind of yeah, watch the right. game. And you're right. There is something about the fact that at least in public one, if, if you're really having a really horrible time and the alcohol content is very high, you know, that right. you're going to, yelling and screaming at the tv with a bunch of like-minded people um but if it's not so high and you're just watching the game you, you what you described is true you at least are not going to be rolled up on the couch throwing a blanket <laughs> right. over your head or or throwing the remote through your tv so you know all of those things are good things you're right we had we had excellent service while we were at the Huli house um, right. and, and just a real good time. So, you know, thanks. Thanks for that. Um, Thank you. you know, as, as we close out, uh, this episode, I do have a little bit of bad news to pass on. Um, and it's just a little bit, it's probably more bad news for me than it is for anybody else. But, um, I don't know if you've been watching the weather reports oh. for, for the Buffalo game. Um, yeah. Right now, the current report is anywhere between, you know, a foot to three feet of snow coming in in a blizzard. Um, and so because of that, um, you know, my my wife had been kind and gotten us tickets through uh, a business function. And that business function is not going to be happening. So I will not be going to for the game. Um, I'm sure I'll find something else to do and find, find a way to be creative and watch the game. But, but I will not have that uh, on, on the ground report from uh, the tailgates at Bill's Mafia. I'm, I'm really disappointed. I, I'm you know, sorry, dude. That sucks. Uh, well, you know what? It's one of those things, right? I mean, honestly, um, you know, if, if it were just me, as long as I could get in the city, I'm, you know, how is Buffalo any different than when Cle when I go to Cleveland and, and get the wind off the lake? I'd sit out there in the snow. It'd be a heck of a story, um, you know, to be able to tell. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, it was a business function that was built. we were building around. And since that can't happen, uh, we'll have to do it another time. Um, so um, just something. So we probably also won't hear, you know, uh, Beth was going to join us. Uh, she was going to give kind of her debrief of the Buffalo game um, next week. She's probably going to hold off. She probably not isn't going to join us. Then we have another opportunity to see an away game when we go to Cincinnati later here in the year. Um, and so she might join us for that one instead, but uh, just a little bit of housekeeping stuff. So, you know, yay us a loss. 
and I don't get to travel. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> oh, so anyways, but well, what 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 is good news is we are going to continue with our format here for um, our new cardiology um, podcasts. So uh, you have this episode this week. Um, we want you to make sure you tune in and are watching for. Um, our next episode where Chris and I will actually go through um, and we'll do a preview of this game against Buffalo, what it's going to look like, what it's going to take for the Browns to find some way to turn the page um, after this uh, Miami defeat. So um, be watching out for that. And also too, at the end of the week, don't forget, we will have our um, weekly um, installment of Gary's picks and we will go through and we will look through how we are picking some of the key games and also how we continue to pick against the um, dreaded coin flip. So, so for Chris, Chris, thanks yeah. for joining me here at the beginning of the week. You, uh, I'll, I'll talk to you here in, in just a couple of days, right? Absolutely. man. can't wait. Thanks buddy. All right. Thanks, Chris. Thanks to everybody out there. Uh, remember, if you're looking for us online, you can always check us out on your favorite streaming services, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or you can check out our website at www.cardiology, with a K, CLE.com. So tell your friends, other, other Browns fans out there who are miserable, hey, come join the bandwagon. We'd love to commiserate with all of you. So um Take it easy, everybody out there. And in the meantime, go Browns. Browns.